Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 166, Two Fantastic Ideas for Adjusting Your STEM Lesson. Today, I have a special guest, and that is STEM with Miss M, Mary Jo. She is here to talk about adjusting your STEM lesson, maybe to make it a little harder, make it a little easier. Sometimes we get really great inspired ideas from Pinterest or Instagram or wherever we are. And then we are like, wait a minute, this is too hard for my students, or this is too easy for my students. And there are some things that we can do to make them just right. Hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey. So we're getting ready to talk about how to adjust our STEM lesson. One thing I want to throw in that we didn't bring up, and this is what I have done for some of my makerspace challenges or STEM challenges, and that is to add different constraints or take some away in order to make them more difficult or, or hard or more or easier or you know more manageable. Sometimes I will have them work in a specific time frame, like you know they have to do it with. 10 or 15 minutes and the challenge part. And so it, it that helps to add constraints or, you know, it has to be able to withstand a specific force or, you know, something like that sometimes will can make it a little bit more challenging. You can also take those things away, make it a little bit easier. And so that's just one idea that I had that I wanted to add to the podcast because we don't end up talking about that, but we talk about two other ways. So Mary Jo is going to talk to us a little bit about that. I also want to say that I got off in a little bit of a tangent. You know how I can be. And <laughs> because we're coming to the end of our my StemCon series because it's over and if you missed it, you can still catch it because it's still available and it will close at the end of the month. So you can still grab it. You have a whole year to access all the incredible sessions and goodness that occurred in StemCon. All the lives and panels and things like that, minus one, were recorded and are available for replay within the, basically it's like a course like it's of itself. So it's really, really cool. And you can, you can get the motivation and inspiration. It's all there for you waiting. So if you are interested, you can grab that link in my show notes. You also get a free month of makerspace and reading comprehension plans if you buy through me, or you can grab it at trinadamoryteachingandlearning.com forward slash stemcon2022. So hopefully that you will take advantage of that before it goes away for the year. It's so exciting. And after we have, you know, coming to an end on talking about StemCon, I am going to be really taking a look at what is happening in education and why teachers are feeling overwhelmed and tired and frustrated and just not valued and cared about. And it's, you know, I did a little series, it was really short on teacher you know, self-care and teacher like mindfulness and things like that. So if you want to check that out, you can go back to, oh my goodness, of course I don't remember now. It's it's in there. You'll, you can find it, one tired teacher. Um, 
And and then maybe and I'll I'll link to those in the show notes. That'll be a little easier. But I I did talk about some of those things, but I just don't think I spent enough time on it. And also, I was just you know what we're gonna get real. We're gonna talk about some some tough conversations or have tough conversations because I think we're gonna be in in trouble with how teachers. I just feel like we're going to have a massive exodus at the end of this year. I think we can only take so much and it's, it's hard. It's hard. And if you are hanging in there, people just give yourself a huge, huge hug and pat on the back and, and do all the things you can to take care of yourself because it's necessary. You're necessary. You're important. And if it's time for you to walk away, give yourself a hug too, because it's not easy. It's a really hard thing to do. And you will be okay. And you will come out the other side. But there's also you're also really important. And you're you still matter no matter what decision you make. All right, so I'm not going to get into that yet. But we are going to get into that in the next couple of episodes. But for now, let's stay focused on one more session from StemCon. And that is STEM with Miss M. Let's get on with the show. I'm so excited to have Mary Jo here today from STEAM with Miss M. And she is going to be talking about what we do to kind of, kind of change or What's the words I'm looking for, Mary Jo? I'm I'm having a hard time thinking for some reason. I said adjust. Yes, adjust. That's the word. Like adjust, adjust your STEM or STEAM activities. And so I think that's going to be so helpful because sometimes we get in the middle of it and we're we don't know what to do for different ages or different grades or different abilities. So I think it's going to be so helpful. So welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm excited to have you. This is another fellow STEMCon presenter. And so we have been having such a variety of people and it's been it's been really fun. So Mary Jo, so talk talk to us a little bit about why you might need to adjust a project or a challenge. For me personally, I when I was in a classroom, I currently am doing, I'm a course designer now. So I'm not like teaching students in a classroom. But most of my time was in middle school Mm. and I did a STEAM after school program. So I kind of had, there was nothing for middle school and there's wasn't anything for like what our after school program is. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of take things that other people had come up with and different ideas and I had to adjust them to make them fit my students. So I was looking for ideas and, you know, you know how you just Google and you type things in and what was coming up was like preschool mom blogs. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. And like, they're doing these different kind of like some activities with their kids. And I'm like, that's really cute. That looks like a lot of fun, but obviously I can't do that with middle school students. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'd have to think, okay, how can I make this more rigorous? How can I bring it up to a level that's more appropriate? And then there's also stuff for like high school science. So I would find different high school science labs that I'm like, they would love that. That's really fun. I would love that. That's really fun. Yeah. (laughs) And the problem was they didn't have those classes yet. So how am I going to do like a chemistry lab if my students have never even some of them been introduced to chemistry Mm because I had as young as fifth grade. So they have no idea what that even is. So for me, it was a lot of just finding these inspiration and finding these different ideas 
And then I had to make them the right level for my students. And, you know, even if you are, you know, like a third grade and you find a STEM challenge that's written for third grade, Mm -hmm. it might not be the same level of third grade as your students are. You know, especially right now with currently what's happening. It's kind of hard to say what grade level you are at all. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so even if it is something that, you know, might be the right level, you still are going to have to make adjustments and That's something that's pretty natural for us in other areas. I feel like if you have a reading activity or math activity or something, there's not really any like hesitation about, oh, I need to get rid of this part or I need to do something different here to better Mm -hmm. fit your students. But I think with science and STEM, I don't know if it's just because it's something new the teachers maybe haven't done or if maybe they don't, especially with science. I know there's a lot of people that don't feel comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. So there's this tendency to kind of feel like we need to stick to the script very, very closely. Hmm. And you don't necessarily have to. So that was kind of why I decided to do that for my presentation was just how do you take everything? Because you get so many goodies at StemCon. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And not all of them are going to be right for your students. So I thought it'd be really good if we talked about what can you do to make them the right level for your students. Yeah. So, so can you give us like a little, a little taste of like maybe one, one or two things that we can do to make, make things the right level. Obviously we're not going to, we have to go to your session and hear your session to hear all the scoop, but maybe just a little bit about what, what we can do. So one of the things that I did a lot was adding in related content. Mm. So, you know, if I found like a, a challenge where you had to launch a hot wheel car down a ramp and see how far it goes, mm-hmm. that's pretty simple. That can be done with kindergarten or preschool, but with middle school, you have to find a way to make it more exciting. Well, I mean, it's pretty exciting. They love to play with toys, even though they act like they're grown in middle school. They're still very mm. much little kids at heart. Absolutely. <laughs> so they get I all excited all when you bring them out. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you have to think, what can I do to make this a more appropriate level? So you can add in different related content. So you could have them do a couple of trials, have them find the average, um, mm. their statistical analysis so they can make like a box and whisker plot. So little things like that, where you're kind of adding in related content. Yeah. That's going to make it more difficult. Yes. Or I mean, even with like that math component, that, that totally makes sense. I don't even know what the, what you just said. (laughs) I am all about finding sneaky ways to make them do math without them whining at me about it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah. And then on the other hand, if there's something that you think is a little bit beyond your students, well, you can take out some of that extra content and you could just focus maybe on one area of it mm-hmm. to make it a little bit of an easier level for them. That's great. That that makes sense because I, because it does happen often, especially when we go to, to different conferences. I think StemCon does a good job of this, but I but I do know that sometimes it does get tricky when you're thinking about like people are always like K2 and 3-5. And when I, as a second grade, former second grade teacher, I was like, wait a minute, like don't put second grade, like kindergarten and second grade are so different. So I always felt like, we kind of, you know, sometimes you had a, a year that was closer to first grade, and sometimes you had a year that was closer to third grade. And you kind of, you know, you had, or you had a, both of them in your classroom at the same time. And so it, it just felt like we needed, a, we, I didn't always want to be clumped in with that. Like I kind of wanted it to be our, our own grade. And 
I do think that what you're right, what I had to do was make accommodations, make adjustments, make it work for for my kids that were struggling or my kids that were working on a kindergarten and first grade level or my students that were working in a third grade level. So I think you're right. I think that some of those things really help. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think you were about to say something and I started talking. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just going to say, yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, so how do you, like, how did you, I want to talk a little bit about that middle school program, because I know that there's, that there are definitely teachers out there that are thinking, and even if most of my audience is elementary, I think we can always learn from, you know, from what other teachers are doing, no matter what the level, especially after what you just said about making adjustments, but starting a STEM after school program, like that sounds exciting. Did you, did you start that from, from like the ground up? Like how did, how, what, what made you think of that? What did you need to gather? What did that look like? So we actually have been doing a program at that school for, I think at least 10 years. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I was there years ago, like seven years ago, because Mm -hmm. it's grant funded. So when there was the government shutdown, Mm -hmm. whenever that was, I don't remember. But we ended up all being laid off then. And that's kind of when I left. And then I came back a little bit later. And in the time that I had left, when I came back, they had switched to, it was all STEAM focused. Mm. So when I started there, I was kind of the one that was, since I was science. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, yeah, you do all the science and math stuff. <laughs> so I got, I had all of that and I was like given free reign to, I went to, we had three different middle school sites. So I would go to different ones and I would do science and math activities and different little STEM challenges and stuff. And That's then when cool. I came back, it had switched to, it was all STEM. So wow. that was great. <laughs> yeah. But that is great. Um, as far as what you have to do for that, that I'm not sure because it had been well established. Mm-hmm. You know, when you before I in. even started. So okay. Yeah. I I I feel like we're behind in my district, like really behind. We've just recent like maybe in the last five years, even started having a STEM class. And then some in some schools, it's not even a STEM class, it's an engineering class. And it just or a makerspace, it just looks so different across the district and it, and definitely as far as the state. What where are you? What state are you in? I'm in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, okay. Are, do you does Pennsylvania have they used the next generation science standards? Yeah, I think there's kind of um, we do have our PA state standards as well, mm-hmm. but I think they do seem to be kind of based off of the next gen. Okay, that's sort of oh. like what I would always go off of too. Just kind of knowing that's where things are headed is using the next gen standards. That's what, that's how I felt too. But that was, that feels like so long ago. And yet I still see in my district that we're not doing that. So I just, I, or at least in the elementary school level, I think that is, I don't know. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, if you're interested in it, I think the first step would be looking for funding mm. because you're going to have to buy all of the supplies. And then, you know, if you want to do like robotics, that gets really expensive if you're buying them. Um, You also need to think about they need a snack because they get super hangry at the end of the day. Hmm, That's a really good point. (laughs) So you have to give them a snack when they come in. That's great. I and you know, have yeah. to you have to secure the funding so that you can pay the teacher who's running the program and you can buy the supplies for the students. Um, 
But the nice thing with after school is that it's really very flexible. Yeah. Like no two after school programs look alike. Like they all have a different focus. They all have a different, like some of them are just for homework help. Some of them are for like us, we were STEAM. So you can kind of make it whatever you want. So you have a lot of, you have a lot of freedom there, which is fun. Yeah, that is fun. That that definitely takes the pressure off of making sure that you have everything exactly the way that somebody else tells you it has to be. So I think that 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 would be that would be fun. Like I I would like that a little bit more freedom. I mean I I liked that as a teacher. Like I I wanted the freedom. So okay, so you're talking at the conference at StemCon about how to adjust activities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It, what's the title of your session? Um, I think it's how to adjust a STEM activity to fit your students or okay. something along the line. I'm super creative. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't tell. But, um, <laughs> it, it's just something like how to adjust a STEM activity. Yeah, that's no, that's cool. I just wanted people to know what to look for when they're there so that they can check it out because I think it would be, it's very helpful to have those kind of ideas ready to go. So what do you, what do you see, like now that you have stepped away from, from science and STEM or not necessarily, I mean, you've just stepped out of a school, like how, where do you see yourself or what do you like, what are you creating? What do you envision for the future for teachers? Oh, that's a good question. Is it like, do I give the optimistic answer or do I give sort of like the nightmare that seems to be happening in certain parts of the country? Answer. Yeah, it is. It is difficult. Um, What do you, okay. So what do we say to, to people that are, are really struggling and grinding in it because it feels like a system of oppression and of, you know, discouragement and scarcity. And it's really difficult. What do you say? What, what do you say to teachers that are in the midst of that feeling? Oh yeah. And I mean, it's the pandemic has just made all of that worse too. So on top of what was there, now we have all of this pressure to somehow magically get kids three grade levels ahead in the span of one year since they're behind from previous years and the constant back and forth between virtual and in-person and back and forth. And yeah, it's, you know, it's rough. I guess you just have to find your teacher bestie that you can vent to at the end of a long day or a long week and Mm -hmm. just kind of do the best you can. I mean, yeah, you, I think so too. You're only I think, human. Uh, yeah, you're only human. And you I can't I, do everything all can. the time. <laughs> and it's not possible to move them three grade levels. If 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 it were, then we might have been trying to do that a long time ago, which actually to me sounds ridiculous. I I just feel like maybe if we just stopped, even as a country, and we're and decided that we were gonna take the students from where they are now currently and move along. And and we're not going to worry about, oh, there are two or three grade levels behind. We're going to focus on where they are and just keep going. And right. and like, let that, some of that pressure go because the kids are, not, we're not going to just rush them along in their learning and then they're going to be fine. They're just going to be all caught up. It doesn't work like that. No, because then next year they're, you know, if you rush them along, they're still going to have the deficits. Yeah. So you just have to do the best you can make whatever gains you can with them you know, support them, make sure they feel loved and seen and yeah, just help them learn as much as they can in the time that you have with them. Yeah. 
that's that's the most important part is them you know feeling good about themselves and as learners and when they feel the pressure of rushing i don't think that makes anybody feel good as a learner so I, I think that I think we have to think about that too. And maybe even looking at some of our standards in various states, you know, whatever standards you're following or if you're following the common core, like thinking about what's actually, I don't know, even a really appropriate for your grade level, because some of it has gotten a little crazy. I know. <laughs> I mean, I've taught first grade for a long time and I had kids, I worked in a high poverty school, so I had kids coming in that couldn't read. And as the time went on, it was all of a sudden, first grade, you know, was no longer first grade, it felt like second grade. And in in the kindergarten, you know, was like first, it, it just keeps getting pushed back, pushed back. And all of a sudden, they have to read and write and do all this stuff in kindergarten. And they're like, well, they can and and some of them can. But even if I decided one day that instead of the average age of walking being by a year old, I said, okay, everyone must walk by nine months. Some kids can. So all kids must walk by nine months. That doesn't seem realistic because yes, some kids can, some kids do, but other kids cannot. And what about those kids that walk at 14 months? Like it's, there's nothing wrong with them. It's taking them a little longer. So maybe we need to think of it as a more like fluid instead of the whole grade level, like expectations, like a little, a little more fluid. I mean, it's crazy. What you just said makes perfect sense. And yet we don't apply that thinking to education at all. No, we we definitely should. I think so too. It doesn't feel logical to me. It just feels, it feels outrageous. And the people making decisions, I wonder if they've ever worked with children. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I went down a negative path um, because <laughs> it definitely feels it's heavy. It's frustrating. So that's one of the reasons why I think things like StemCon are important because as a teacher, f- when you were in the midst of constantly feeling like you are battling um, for everything, for your job, for your student success, for, for anything, um, it, it's, it's exhausting. It's it, it's so tiring, and if we don't have a chance to kind of rejuvenate or renew or revive our sense of what we're doing, then we're going to hate every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know having attended SEMCON the last couple of years, it really just it does feel like that breath of fresh air. I think you so know, too. Yeah, there's just so many great ideas and so much great discussion, and like the live panels and the sessions. You know, you just come away and you have like, oh, I want to try this in my classroom. I want to do this. I like that activity. You know, it kind of recharges your batteries and gets you ready. I think so too. It doesn't feel to me like just another professional development. It feels (laughs) like, okay, I have renewed my teacher soul. Like that. that's how I felt, especially in, in 2020. I remember feeling like, I can't even believe we're doing this right now. Are people gonna even want want this? And then being in the middle of that Facebook group and being a part of conversations and chats. I'm like, this is great. I mean, I felt like I was like, I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was such an amazing experience. So I think, and the thing also is that you don't have to digest it all at one time. Like you can take your time, you know, going back to different sessions and watching it for 
you know, a year. That's, that's crazy. That's another thing that I loved about it was, you know, I didn't have to like binge over one weekend because I was going to lose access. Like you have it for the whole year. So you can watch one a week or one a month or whatever it is, whenever you have time, you can go on and watch the session. So that is definitely very helpful. I think so too. And I think, um, it is like, there is a lot of creative kind of thinking and thinking outside of the box. And, uh, that's one of the things that I love. It like unites people and teachers th- that kind of think that way. And so then you're like, there, here are my people. It feels very, yeah, just comforting. Yeah. And everybody's yeah. uplifting and helping each other. So yeah, special. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and giving us a little tease. I know that people are going to really want to check out your session and see, hear some more ways that we can adjust our activities to help our students. Where can people find you? Uh, mainly I hang out on Instagram. Um, my handle is at steam with Ms. M. Okay. That's, all right. That's, I'll put that in the show notes so people can find you and be on the lookout. Yeah. And I do, I have another session. It is tips for adding tech for non-techie teachers. Ooh. So if you know, kind of, I'm 37. So I feel like my generation is kind of the last one that's okay with tech because we were young enough when it started being commonplace Uh that we adapted. But I mean, if you've been in the classroom for 20 or 30 years, you know, you might feel a little nervous about it because you're not as used to it as your students and you see how naturally they take to it. So Mm -hmm. that might be another one to check out if you're in that boat. For sure. For sure. What are, what is the number one tech integration that you suggest? I think whatever you, you decide to do would be just start small and baby steps, Mm. because if you dive into something really complex at first, or if you try to do all of the things, you're going to (laughs) fall. It's just, it's not going to work. You're going to feel overwhelmed. But one that I really like is I like Spiros a lot. I feel Ooh, like they're pretty easy. That one. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I've used them with one of my side gigs is I, I used to work at a science museum mm-hmm. and I would use the Spheros with oh, even Spiros, preschool okay. students. Oh, so, cool. you, know, you can use them. Even those kids are able to pick it up and understand they're pretty user friendly. Um, they do have some, you know, like all tech, there's some things about them that doesn't always work the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, they are Bluetooth connected. So if you are trying to do a class that you have a bunch I think that's my main issue. But yeah. other than that, I like them. I think they're really easy to use. They're very versatile and adapted. You know, you can adapt them to do a lot of different things. So that's cool. Yeah, that's exciting. Okay. So that will be another fun session. I didn't realize that. I should have asked you more about that. Um, <laughs> that'll be fun, but that'll just be a mystery. And so people can find that session and and learn some cool tech tech integration. So that's exciting. Thank you so much for being well, here. For and, yeah, I was, I'm happy to have talked to you. You too. And thank you for sticking around. And you've got to come join us at StemCon. It really was amazing. You can find that at trinadeveryteachingandlearning.com forward slash StemCon 2022. Also a link to it in the show notes. And get ready, people. We're going to get real. This one tired teacher is ready for a long nap before we get fired up. Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight.